Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Greatest a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to another episode of The Greatest. I'm joined, as usual, with my wife and comedian and sports personality, Megan Gailey. Hi, honey. Um, <laughs> we are not, we're not in the laundry room anymore. We're not in the laundry room. Moving on up. Moved, we've moved into my office. I'm now allowing Megan into my office slash, uh, I guess what everyone would call a man cave. I but do, uh, I, I do therapy in my office. Yeah. I try on clothes in my office. I do my makeup in my office. And then when I have to do work, I come into CJ's office. Yeah. So, you know, we're making things work. There, there are adjustments in week seven or eight, whatever week we're in. But I don't want to hold our guest silent for much longer because ooh, ooh, ooh. he is a old friend. Um, but that is his least impressive. recognizable, yeah, impressive credit. He is the host of NBA on TNT on Tuesday nights now with Shaq, D. Wade, and Candace Parker. He has a billion shows at, at BR now. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Lefko. I No, I think that my greatest feat is being your guys' friends. Because oh. I'm watching you guys blossom like an iris along the, the shoreline. We are watching you blossom. I My friend was like, who's doing the podcast today? I go, CJ's friend is famous. <laughs> oh, shut up. I no, but you, you really have had a real... I mean, we, you were one of my, my day one friends at Bleacher Report. Um, I mean, you were, you were on camera there too, but now it's like BR is just like one of the 19 things you're doing. You're, I mean, I, it's, it's a celebration that you're now hosting the, the Tuesday night show on um, TNT, but it's also such a, such a bummer that it's been kind of paused here. This entire year... Like in ter- like 2020, like we say this, but like before we were going to do our first show, Kobe passed. Yeah, and, I remember. And that, and I just remember being like, man, all those months of of we're going to be fun. I was like, that's not the tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so at the same point, like um, in terms of like journeys and stuff, I think because you guys are real comedians and you guys have both gone on that journey where like you get your reps and you fail and all that yeah. stuff and then one day they see you on TV and they go man that happened so quick and you're <laughs> yeah. like so i i appreciate you guys like seeing all that but um i the the fact that i can text D Wade and Candace yeah. and they're like oh yeah like we got to hang out soon that it still blows me away i mean while i was watching that the Katie Nolan that game that has now become famous and i saw you enter and you were like D Wade and just like won the whole thing and i was like that was kind of a victory for myself cuz like i could text Lefko or i could play this game you were like Lefko, i'm i'm yes. 2 degrees from yeah. D Wade now <laughs> that's that's 100% of uh in terms of like when I'm on camera, how I want to be presented is like, I want, I want everyone to feel like they can text me. Yeah. Like you guys are very new age. Like when I would watch you go on NFL network and you would do that show and your tone and like CJ's humor is always like, <laughs> what would, what would 13 year old Chicago Bulls Jersey me <laughs> laugh at? 
And like, I don't know, it's just like good natured, wholesome shit. I love that. Well, thank you, Adam. Well, so yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, obviously quarantine is happening and I, how it's affecting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do ahead. have to say, this is the first podcast we've done in quarantine where we can see the other person. Yeah. So listeners at home, if you're like, Megan seems like good. she snorted some Adderall before this. I did not. <laughs> I'm just in a bathing suit in my husband's office looking at a friend and I feel like re- it's like rejuvenating. Did Woody drop off all like your 10 best sweaters? When this first when this first started, I said, Woody, I said, I need clothes. Yeah. And they had like a messenger go and pick like 10 sweaters Amazing. and all that. So like I've just turned this room into like a studio. Yeah. Because my my thing is I the best ability is availability. And so right now I'm just I want to make things. Yeah. But um I, for the last like five years, I refuse to do interviews unless I could see the other person. Wow. I just, I don't know how to talk to people like that. Yeah. Because so, so much of my communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I speak to athletes, usually it's a, it's like a taking relationship. Like I have, I had Alan Robinson on and I could be like, tell me about this and tell me about that. But if I can, while they're telling the story, go, don't, don't worry about it. It's, it's just a, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I can see your faces. This is actually <laughs> listeners at home. He, uh, he waved up his hands like, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, so you got yes. the studio set up. You got everything going. You're, you're getting your reps in. Where still. are you in New York right you're, now? Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, Manhattan, New York. Wow. And it is, it's wild. It really is. It's, it's wild in this way. In New York, compared to any other city, when I go to work, I have to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Whether I go yes. into a subway or I'm interacting with an Uber driver, there is no bubble of the car mm-hmm. where you get to put on the music. And even if someone's in another car, there's like a wall. And I love to walk and I love the subway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing right now is, is I just like, I'll be like, hey, to people, but they can't see my mouth. <laughs> But it's, I am curious when this opens up and what happens when two people bump into each other on the train and they didn't mean to, or they're going up the stairs. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about like the, once it gets back to normal, how's it going to be? But luckily I'm okay. My family is okay. The people I care about are okay. And for that, I'm blessed. But I, okay. So you got engaged though, recent, uh, how long ago? Last February. And so the wedding is, is probably coming up. What, are things still on track? What, what's going on? We, um, we, I believe we are almost officially postponing it to later this year. It's okay. supposed to be in July. I'm sorry. Uh, but I think we're going to get, honestly, like, I feel the same way about that as I feel about the NBA show. Yeah. Like, me and her love each other. We're going to get married when we get married. Eno, by annoying. the way, she's awesome. Yes, she's <laughs> far superior to me. Um, but she, um, we want to get, well, if it means going to the courthouse and mm-hmm. locking it up and then like, we'll have a celebration another time. We're having two weddings. One of them <laughs> is going to be in Nigeria. Wow. And so I am excited for the one here. Cause like everyone's going to be there, Yeah. but the Nigerian one, oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't I even imagine. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, is. If you've seen one wedding, you've seen a lot of them, but mm-hmm. I have never seen a wedding in Nigeria. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to be emotional as hell. And then all of this stuff is going to be going on around me. And I'm going to be just so in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be crying like a baby. It's going to be amazing. It, yeah, you will. It, you, uh, and I don't know how, I feel like me and you- Did he always- cry? Megan, did he cry? I don't. I yeah I I teared I up really a little thug tear wa- I really <laughs> wanted just one him. thick thug tear just down my cheek I I told him <laughs> I needed him to cry I wanted him to cry but I I don't fe- I don't think you did I remember you like wiped something I did but, but I'm I not like, gonna I like brag he- about it you know I don't like just accept that I did a little bit and and also in different moments and pockets of the hotel where it just you get emotional and I love that you're already admitting that that's gonna happen in some way and it will probably double than what you think because i thought i got it like this is too stressful to feel that way but you yeah there's a certain there are points where it all just drops and you go holy shit those years these friendships these relationships the people that are there it's all cultivated to this moment like this 
So did you see her. anyone that you were like, man, should have invited that guy? Yeah, like, I definitely. In that so Zen, many. I not ha- so many. But. I didn't even, not in the moment. I was so happy. But then like afterwards, everyone's, because we had 130 people and people were like, that's a perfect size. So nice. Not too many. And I go, yeah, we probably could have trimmed 10 to 15. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> anyone you know listening what? who went, don't, don't. Some of those people, do I didn't, I, you. my don't dad do didn't need to buy sea bass for, you know, yeah. they, they didn't need it. That's but so funny. Lefko was the, actually the guy I went into work after we had hung out and, and nothing had happened. And I went, I think I like my friend and that's not allowed. And Lefko was it, like, I mean, I feel like at that time, me and you were just like in New York trying to go on dates. And it just like, that wasn't good. This isn't what we should be doing. Yeah, me and CG were very young and like trying to figure out how relationships work in New York while making Gridiron Heights the cartoon. <laughs> like we were like, we were like, what should Peyton Manning say to Aaron Rodgers? Oh, by the way, like this girl hasn't texted me back in three days, but I've texted 18 times. Should I stop? Yeah. <laughs> Those are great well, memories. Well, thank yeah. you for guiding him through. I was actually pretty disappointed pointed that nothing happened that first night so if you were like cj keep grinding yeah, put, you guys keep talked for in like a work. really long time yeah, we were you? up yeah. till 4 a.m and like we're like i was at an airbnb that had these funny poof pillows and we were like building snowman poofs it's like just have sex what are you doing <laughs> why are you doing funny bits with each other just make out all right. We just That's need what to you get do when it's your, eventually your husband. When it's, yeah. when it's your husband, you make you do dumb shit till 4 a.m. <laughs> yes. All right. I, I feel like that. we should get into, we oh, haven't mentioned I, what the topic and was. And I love this topic. CJ like called it out to this. another room. And usually we have to have like a real back and forth and like, I don't know, hot dogs. You know, we like go through this process. Hot dogs. That well, is never going to be a topic. But like food. We did yes, food yes, last week. Yes, yes, we did food. Yeah. This, he said, what about this? And I was like, I love it. And it is greatest press conferences. And doing the research, I was like, oh, oh so there's so many. And like so many moments I'd forgotten about characters because there's people that have had viral, epic, really famous press conferences. And then you never see them again. I saw eight or nine where I said, if somebody walked by with that on a t-shirt, it would take me back to that moment yep. instantly. Yes. Yeah. Like there are taglines that you will remember for the rest of your life. Oh yeah. yeah. Brands have gotten campaigns because of yeah. this stuff. Oh, there was a commercial in, in one of them. It's also an interesting topic too. And we've had other ones like this villain was kind of one where you have to decide press conferences are usually sad. Something sad is happening something bad is happening. Maybe someone's admitting fault or has been arrested or they are ridiculous because someone is snapping, but in a really funny way, or they're really happy. And I, I'm, I'm, I ended up with kind of a range, but the sad ones I do not consider like great press conferences. This is blowing my mind because I've, I didn't even think about any of them. <laughs> like, all, like, I, I didn't even think about press conferences like that. Like I went and I said, you know what? I'm not going to put this one in my top three because I know Megan's going to have it because she's a Colts fan. Yeah. And yeah. now I don't think you did it. Well, like, no, but I have there. There's there's some there's two. We'll Colts bring ones. it up. You can't. Floating there's around. like a, okay. there's like three Floating where around. we're just gonna be like none of us picked it because we were scared of picking it. Adam, yeah, do, yeah, do yeah, you yeah. want? I also have fifteen, <laughs> um, because I just got oh, like have... so excited and I was just like, yeah, whatever great. they don't pick, I'll sub in. I have multiple. Yeah. Um, I have a book. We yeah. This is one where I don't think we will leave any stone unturned. Adam, do you want to lead us off? Yeah. Let's. How about you kick us off? Okay. Well, let me do a little bit of background. I noticed through all of my research that in the sports world, the three that kept popping up to the ones that I enjoyed the most, so I'm not picking individuals, but total their their total output. Okay, great. Conor McGregor. Yep. Conor McGregor. Yeah. Just un- unbelievable. Yes. From from everything from who the fuck are you? Like so many great moments. Um, Shaquille O'Neal. And I, I oh, the amount of times that he messes with reporters, one of my favorite moments, it's not my top three, is when he's being interviewed after the game. And he's like, he's like, we play like shit. The guy's like, Shaq, we're on live TV. And he goes, <laughs> yes. I don't give a fuck. It's so <laughs> good. Grades. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, Marshawn Lynch. Yes. Like, yep. Marshawn Lynch, uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm just here so I don't get fined, mm-hmm. is incredible. And, but it was all the time that he did it. I will say, I'll start off with my number three. Okay. My number three is Meta World Peace after the Lakers win 
And he he thanks his therapist. Yes. Yeah. Because what you just said, Megan, about how press conferences can be sad or the culmination, nobody knew what Metal World Peace, I mean, Metal World Peace was just kind of freshly his name mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And he hits this three to win the finals. And he goes, Kobe passed me the ball. I want to <laughs> thank my therapist. And it was great because Ron, Metal World Peace, Ron Artest, was known for so long as being temperamental and a yeah. technical foul and the malice in the palace. And it was like all this talk about Kobe getting five and showing mm-hmm. the heart. But here's, here's Meta. And to me, that was just like a beautiful moment. And I remember watching it live. So it, it, it felt really good. Left go. I mean, so that was my number one. And I, I, don't oh. worry. No, this, this happens. This happens. But it's great because then we could all just contribute to this one. But it, I rewatched it today after, you know, I just remembered it as like he was like brought his family out. And, and like you said, like he said, Kobe passed me the ball. And then he was introing all of his family members. And then he was like, where's my one son? And he's like, oh, he's with Kobe. His other <laughs> son went to hang out with Kobe instead right after. But <sighs> it was, it was like you said, it, it has so many aspects to it. It's emotional. It's funny. It's, he apologized to his Pacer teammates. He's, and he's also mm. being genuine when he says, I want to thank my therapist. So you see someone yes. acknowledging their own mental health. And that is, as an athlete, truly one of the most vulnerable things you can do. It, it, you know, it's not the T.O. crying. Like, it's it's actually what he felt. And, yes. and he was like, I am here because of the journey that I went on with my, like, mental well-being. That's why I think after championships or when athletes go into the Hall of Fame, it's like the only two true interviews they give. Because after they win a championship, it's that release. Mm -hmm. And then in the Hall of Fame, it's the one that they've always wanted that they don't want to put out there. And it's interesting. And yeah, yeah. You, you see them crying. And I'm sorry I took your number one. No, and I'll probably just take one of the obvious ones that we all were scared to pick. Okay, good. Well, so, okay, we'll go right into that one. I'll yeah. just get it out, get it out there. Even though it probably is number one for all of us, I'm just going to say it. And I, because there's a new tidbit that I wanted to get out there, but Iverson practice. Yes. Oh, it's my number one. That's great. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it a little bit. Iverson yeah, practice. Please do. I feel like I want to give you, as a Philly guy, to get the meat of it. But I just want to say we know it as funny. And like it also kind of gave him the image or fed to the image that he's like, just he don't outcast. give a He don't fuck. care, which is not true. He's like, one of the most realest human beings to ever grace us on the sports stage. But the one thing that people don't remember is that he was just emotionally torn up. His friend had just passed away, got shot and killed. But everyone's just like, oh, you're not committed to this team. It was a you know disappointing Sixers team. But yeah, I don't want to, again, I don't want to steal anything that you're going to say, but. The only thing I'm going to add to that is, is everybody grew up with Jordan's I didn't even really start buying Jordans until college because I only wore Iversons. Yeah. I, I, number three was everything for me. I had every Iverson shirt, all that stuff. But people don't, I don't think, remember that from the year they went to the finals and lost to the Lakers until the time he went to the Nuggets, there were rumors that he was going to be traded mm-hmm. every summer. Yeah. Because the, the prevailing conversation was Iverson is maybe the best pound for pound player of all time. But can you win a championship with mm-hmm. that? Was like the number yeah. one thing, and I remember watching that presser live. For me, it has another added layer because I know all of the media members that are <laughs> asking questions, and like they, some of them have become my mentors, which mm. is like even yeah. weirder. But that layer of Iverson and and what was really going on in his life, and I think the passing of Kobe and seeing his reaction and the hugging of D Wade and how like there was all the conversation with that. Iverson will go down as my, I think he's my, he's in my top two favorite athletes of all time. But to me, you can't even say that word anymore without right. thinking of Iverson. Yeah. You can't even say the word. Yeah. Practice? Yeah. You hear it. It, it is in the cultural lexicon forever because yes. of that press conference. Oh, I like love if, if you said, Hey, I'd like to practice my lines. Yeah. And like <laughs> practice, yes. it's, yeah. it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. There's someone being like, I need to practice my violin. And their dad's like, practice. And they're like, what, dad? I have my violin. And he's like, oh, it was some basketball <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah. 
Okay, so my number three is one that I know neither of you have, and I I chose it. It's from last year, too. It's 2009 U.S. Open. Naomi Osaka comforts Coco uh. Goff after beating her, her very first match. It's truly going to make me cry on Arthur Ashe. And she's 15 years old, and it's sold out, and it's these two women of color at the U.S. Open playing each other. And Coco had just had this incredible Wimbledon run. And, and Mary Jo Fernandez is the ESPN reporter, and they're on the court and Coco as the loser gets interviewed first. And she's the moment Mary Jo walks up to her, she starts crying. I mean, she's a child. She's a tennis superstar, but she's still a child. And she's like, what did you guys talk about? And she says, Naomi said that she would do the press conference with me. So I don't have to stand here alone. And Coco Mm. is so almost like like she, at one point she turns to Naomi and she goes, I'm so sorry that this is taking away from your moment because you deserve this moment. And Naomi's like, no, you, you get to stand here and this is hard and this is sucks, but your parents are over there and they're so proud of you. And she talks to Coco's parents directly and says, I remember seeing you. You raised oh, an amazing, you raised an amazing daughter. I was in, it's giving me chills thinking about it. I was in a hotel room. I was covering the US Open, but I was not at that match and I'm in a hotel room with five girlfriends we are like drunk and that that press conference started and we all stopped talking staring at the screen it is something in sports I have never seen and I think it says a lot about women I think it says a lot about women in sports we, they can be the fiercest competitors they were mm. 30 seconds ago battling they both wanted to win that match and then the empathy and love that they have for each other as women that play tennis we got to see in such a raw real way that it like I watched it again today and it, it just it moves me to tears every time I see it it's also the fact that they're so young yeah Osaka's 21 of that level of emotional IQ you yeah. don't yeah. normally see. And then you don't normally see that with athletes because as you're saying, their level of focus is so unrelenting that like dealing with interpersonal human issues usually gets developed later. That was a, uh, I, the fact that you're crying right now is like, I just that loved it. I just <laughs> loved it. Um, okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. And we are back. I'm 
can't. I have. I already. This topic. You've cried on your I've, third pick. I can't imagine what is. What I don't else even is know if you know what I that press conference I'm even no, talking I mean, about. But you gotta, you've painted you it. Perfectly. You gotta watch it. It's incredible. Okay. Wait, we, CJ. Do you even know what she's talking about? No. <laughs> he does not know tennis. No, and I'm not gonna find out. Okay. Ever. People are always like, CJ just knows basketball, and I'm like, I know. He's like a. He's Einstein of basketball, but everything else, he's like. <laughs> I would not say Einstein. I think Lefko described it real well earlier. I'm You're a 13 year old kid in a Bulls jersey. <laughs> Who's been. You know, we are all, we're all like, we're all still a, like a 13 year old kid. Yeah. yeah. Like my friend Salehi, who designs sneakers, like he's in like high fashion and all that. And he's like, dude, all I want to do is design basketball sneakers. Yeah. He's like, I just want to go back to the Knicks in the 90s. Like, we, that we just make the shit that our 13 year old self would have mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I, I think CJ asked me last week, like, do you think young you would be impressed? I'm like, young me, my mind would be blown. Like, I wouldn't, I'd be like, what? I'm skinny now? What the? I met up. I know the Colts. Like, I would lose it. I, I'd be like, I She don't, got a Colts draft hat in the mail. I don't a few live in ago, Indiana. And just like, it just said so many things aside from just a gift. It was like, they know who I am. I'm yeah. part of their, I'm on their list, you know? But what was sad too is like, it was like a blessing and then also a tiny slap when they DM'd me from the Colts account and we're like, what's your mailing address? And I'm like, yes, oh my God. And then whoever sent the message was like, tell your dad hi. And I'm like, can I have one thing that my dad is not cooler than me? Okay, Adam, give us your number two pick. Okay, so I am reshuffling. Yeah. Uh, and I am going to go with um, a moment, a funny Great. moment. Yeah. Stan Van Gundy was the uh, head coach. I believe it was the Magic. And is this the Dwight he, thing? Yeah. And he was talking to all the reporters. And apparently, he had just gotten out of a meeting with like upper management. And he's literally telling all of the reporters, and Stan Van Gundy is a very funny guy, mm-hmm. that it appears that the best player on his team, Dwight Howard, went to the owner and said, I want you to fire Stan Van Gundy. (laughs) And so one, you're sitting there and you're going, this is crazy. How did Stan find out? And then as he's talking, Dwight Howard walks over to them and hugs Stan Van Gundy and says, these guys bothering you? And Stan goes, nope, you talk to him. Walks away. Wow. And then Dwight yeah. Howard Dwight Howard goes, what's up? And they go, so Stan literally just told us that you asked to get him fired. And you watch Dwight Howard's face drop. And it said so much about everything. And to me, it's like, there's not often times where you get the great moments that happen at the presser. And that made itself a news story. But to see the shit-eating grin on Stan's face of what he was about to do, and then the fear on Dwight's face. That was such a great role. That's my number two. Yeah. No, that's a perfect one. And it, it, it's like we've all been through moments like that at work or like amongst friends, but to see it on a professional basketball team level, a team that had gone to the finals, and we were literally seeing the the beginning or maybe the middle of the end of it all. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Dwight, I feel like this season has shook that off a little bit, but that was just like, this is what happens when you get young players and they're supposed to, they're stars. They're now the the authority on the team. But you have to remember, these are 22, 23, 24-year-olds. I think he was like 24 at the time. And now he's speaking for, he's having to answer, hey, did you get your very reputable finals, that he took you to the finals coach? about to be fired. Is that your fault? And he was just like, I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> it it also shows, like gives you a little glimpse into how Dwight operates. And sadly, I see some of myself in that too. Yeah. You know, you've screwed someone over and you're like, hey man, how you doing? Yeah. Don't let that, you're, tr- you're performatively being like nice and jokey, but behind closed doors, you are throwing them under the bus. It's reality TV. It's a hundred percent reality TV. It's, so human mm-hmm. to be talking shit and then be like, ah, my bad. <laughs> and, and I think, I don't know, like to, you, you've seen it before. For example, like when uh, Tyler Hansborough, a uh, meta world piece actually again, turned around and, and Tyler Hansborough immediately yeah. was like, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> you know, you can learn a lot about someone by how quickly they go. Ah, yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. That's me. I mean, it's people when they're like, they have a big bark and no bite. Like, 
Also, Stan is a hilarious character. Like yeah. he yes. looks like a basketball coach in a cartoon. He, you know, he yeah. Like, like if all the players were food and the coach was a meatball <laughs> with like a mustache and glasses, perfect <laughs> casting. Stan. Yeah. That's and Megan, Stan. yes, you are very much like Dwight. I've we've had that conversation where you're like, <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't mean that as an insult, but it's just like, what are we, what are we working on? You not talking shit to other people because yeah, what CJ happens is has, Megan have, will talk shit on somebody. And then that per- and the person will listen to her whole rant and they'll be like, oh, that's actually my friend. I grew up with her. You know, it's just like, oh, God, I know. what do we or, do now? Or I'll invent in my mind, uh, like, you know, I have like two nemesis or whatever. And and I'll say to my best friend who has the same nemesis, guess what? I found, I found out so-and-so hates so-and-so. And so then my friend will see our other friend and talk shit about our nemesis. And she's like, oh, they like them. <laughs> like, you gave me yeah. bad information. <laughs> my, I was talking to my grandma the other day and I was like asking her questions. And she was telling me that when my grandfather retired, his bright scheme was to go to the horse race track every week and be like, that's how I'm going to make my new living. And she paused and she goes, you're just going to use this on one of your... She doesn't talk like yeah. that. I don't know why I use that voice. <laughs> No, it's not like that at all. But she goes, she goes, she goes, ah, oh, you're going to use this on your show. And yeah. I was like, and if I do, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So keep telling the story. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll keep rolling here. Okay. So my, I had, this was originally my number three, um, but 2008 Celtics win the finals. Brian Scalabrini. Do you have any non-basketball? Yes, I do. Okay. Go um, off, King. Go off. And Yes. But Brian Scalabrini, I think it was an international reporter, asked him, and this is Scalabrini, like the new, he's like, I don't know if he had found this fame of being like the most famous scrub, which is also, it's sort of an insult to even say that, but they had just won the finals, the Celtics, and a reporter goes, you know, you guys won the championship, congratulations, but what does it feel like when you haven't, you didn't even get to play a single second in the game? And Brian Scalabrini just like goes off on the guy and he he describes, he goes, in five years, you'll forget that I didn't play a single second. 10 years, I'll still be a champ. 20 years, you'll think I started. In 30 years, I'm going to tell my kids I was the MVP and then walks off. And it's just like, it is a baller moment. Like people forget and I think it's just like a story across all sports. Like those guys who don't play, they're in the practices. They're showing up. They're buying into the coaches and the team's philosophy. Like they are a part of it. But to us who are just watching as, you know, armchair quarterbacks, we're like that redheaded uh, pudgy looking dude didn't play a single second. Why does he get to be part of this championship team? And I thought that was kind of like a mic drop moment that he kind of got. And he kind of his name started to become a little bit famous after that. Absolutely. I mean, they would cheer for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the Rudy of the Bulls. Yeah. I love when teams have good bench players that add to it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like for my Sixers, the fact that Allen Iverson jumped into Matt Geiger's arms, (laughs) like (laughs) that's a guy I'll never forget. And him being like a bald, somewhat simple looking dude, I was like, I could have done that. Thank yeah. you for showing me. That. Okay, you ready for yeah. mine? Okay, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you the quote and then tell you because you're not gonna remember who this man is. All right. I'm a man. I'm 40. Oh, I love this guy. Okay, it's Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy. I don't know this one. I'm a man. I'm 40. He is the Oklahoma. He was. I don't know if he still is the Oklahoma State head football coach. And what's he flips out at a press conference. And what's ironic about it? They had won the game. They Oklahoma State had beat Texas Tech in the game. But earlier in the week, someone in the press had written a critical article about one of the players. I believe it mentioned weight at some point because in his rant, he does go on to be like, think if you had a son and someone called them fat because they dropped a ball. Like he he's basically reprimanding this reporter and probably other reporters too of like, these are children. If you want to attack, you attack me. I'm a man. And it's so good. He seems so unhinged, but he's unhinged on like the right side. It's like, yeah, a coach should fight for his players. That's awesome. That when he walks out, he takes no questions. He just goes on this rant and then he walks out and half of the reporters start clapping for him because it was so brilliant. That clip to me is the air monarch of press conferences. (laughs) 
explain that for the people who aren't familiar with, with shoes. Air Monarch are those dad shoes that you see in yep. Nike. They're white and they're blue. And little people don't realize this. They're the highest selling shoe of yeah. all time. Mm-hmm. And so one, when that quote came out, it was the number one use quote of like forever. But number two, dads and guys that were in their 40s, like it was there. I'm a man. Like every oh, yeah. radio host <laughs> in America was like, you're arguing with me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And what's really cool too is he was kind of up and back. Oh, are they gonna are they gonna keep him or not? Mm-hmm. He has had that job since that quote. It took him to another level. And I think it's a great example of a great press conference moment actually leading to job security. Yeah. And I it it it, it, it the whole state rallied around him because look, it's Oklahoma State, not Oklahoma. So mm-hmm. you're already second best. Mm-hmm. And I that quote, the air monarch of press yeah. conference. And so I I hope I'm not taking any of yours, but the job security part is very interesting because this is this is one of my honorable mentions is the Dennis Green. We yeah. are who they yes. thought they were. And the Arizona... And we let them off the hook. And the Cardinals were really good that year. But he had this, we are who they thought they were. And he ended up getting fired at the end of that season. And I think a lot of people think it, it's because it was such a public loss and such a public tirade. There's a lot. And I'll go through some. I don't think you guys are going to have all these, but I think there are good examples of ones that get you a job and ones that lose you a job. Here is one that gets you a job. I'm not using it. If I'm taking someone's, I apologize. No, it's okay. It was Mike Singletary. Yes. This was, he was the coach of the Niners Uh and he he was the interim coach of the Niners. Uh And he sat Vernon Davis in the middle of the game and said... I want winners. And he did the whole thing where he's like, can't lose with him, can't win him, can't do it. And because they went, oh, wow, he's a disciplinarian, that got him the job. Mm -hmm. Now, on the flip side, Rick Pitino's most famous press conference was when he's with the Celtics and he goes, and and his team is Antoine Walker and Ron Mercer, all the guys he drafted at Kentucky. And he goes, he goes, Larry Bird's not coming through that door, folks. (laughs) Yeah. Don Havlicek's not coming through that door. And that led to his firing because that was like the, oh, wow, he's losing it. Mm -hmm. And so you can freak out and then lose your job or be so good that you get one. They're important. Damn. That's some deep analysis. I like this. Um, Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break and we'll come back with our number ones and maybe a few honorable mentions. Yeah. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is 
finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back with our final picks. Our orders have been scrambled, but I just love that these are all coming up. There's some plan. There's some like, oh my gosh, it reminds me of that. But Lefko, what we usually do is we save the guests. will say their number one pick last. You're a cherry cherry on top. But feel free. And I hope, I hope we don't steal any of yours. You, okay. So uh, I have a list. I have so many honor. Okay. So I do have some honorable mentions. Okay. Um, Wayne Gretzky crying Mm -hmm. after being traded Mm. from the Oilers. That's a good one. It's just such raw emotion. And then he never went on to win another Stanley cup. And you can tell he's really hurt and it, it, you know, it's just, hockey so tough and to see this the greatest of all time just like crying so openly at a time when that just didn't seem like it obviously herm edwards you play to win the game yep Uh, put it on a t-shirt yeah absolutely Uh, t.o that's my quarterback crying for no reason about tony romo (laughs) for no reason i mean everyone knew he was faking he had sunglasses on (laughs) i mean it's fun t.o is T.O. is great reality TV, but I don't think he was, like, genuinely crying. <laughs> um, 2002, Tyson Lennox Lewis, when the brawl breaks out. And then Lennox Lewis has done interviews since Tyson bit his leg. Tyson's, like, own people were backing up from him. I mean, he's a full psycho. And then Muhammad Ali rumble in the jungle after he upset George Foreman. And then they're like in the locker room and he's just yelling into the camera about, of course, he was going to beat him. You know, he's he's stinging. He's saying all this stuff. And then I do have people that I want to shout out. You already mentioned Conor McGregor. Irish people with rage film us. If you see someone (laughs) with fair skin look like they're about to lose it, get your camera out because it is going... My brother once took a a shillelagh that my parents had bought him in Ireland and chased my dad with it. Like, we have we have rage in a way that's... I, so you is know, that your number one? No, that's it's not artful. My it's artful. <laughs> okay. Um, I also think Pop is so amazing at press conferences. Yeah. He, does, yeah. he does what Belichick does, but it's charming. Uh, that's fair. And then, of course, Marshawn Lynch. Okay, so I have two number ones. He's going to be so... <laughs> well, you've I'm gonna taken go, all of our picks. I'm going to go... Oh, Holy sorry. Shit. <laughs> I mean, okay, so they're both Colts. Uh, you know I'm a yeah, homer. Go for it. So, go for it. obviously... Okay, so you're taking one of mine, which is good. Okay, but I, which... I don't know, but see, both of these are so... There is a number one. Yes, there is a number one. I'm curious what... Okay, so I think I'll say what I don't think you guys will think is number one, which is the Peyton Manning leaving Indianapolis press conference. It's him and Jim Ursay. I remember where I was, and I've cross-referenced this. Other lists have said it too. I remember where I was sitting in my Chicago apartment and... After 14 seasons, two Super Bowls, one Super Bowl win, the Colts cut Peyton Manning. And then they do a press conference. Peyton thanks the city. He gets emotional. He thanks the fans. That's me. And then Jim Ursay goes to what Peyton thinks is shake his hand, but embraces him in a very uncomfortable hug that was like a comedy beat so intense. Like you could not script how uncomfortable they looked like, oh, you fired me. Let's hug now. And I cried the whole time and it was so beautiful. But I was also really sad. All right. What was your other one? That was Obviously. Playoffs? Yeah. Playoffs. I also remember where I was sitting. I was sitting in my parents' car. We were driving home from the game and we would listen uh. to every single Colts post game with Bob Lamy, the voice of the horse. And <laughs> you just and Jim Moore was a, he was already like a loose cannon. And in Indiana, people don't like that. But looking back on it, I'm like, I love Jim Moore. I would give him a <laughs> pandemic smooch on the mouth. Oh, if my I could. God. Uh, you know, can I admit something about that while we're on the subject, while we're on the on the, the human? Um, 
before I met your your parents, that's what I imagined your dad. Like, you know, when you have <laughs> you play the scenarios in your head, I pictured Jamora in in uh <laughs> just across from me at dinner. And you know what? Not that far off. No. Really lovable guy. Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> He's Filipino? <laughs> Filipino. And no, then, you can't get ice cream. And then eats my eggplant parmesan. Um <laughs> But yeah, so but I, I I also love them. So, so sorry, I know I said a lot, um, yeah. but no, they're yeah. all good. But though I love all of those, and and you will please go into great detail about playoffs. I interned at NFL Network in 2007. I was living mm-hmm. in Hermosa Beach, California. During the day, I would in, uh, was a PA at uh, NFL Network, and at night, I would work at this bar on the Hermosa Pier called the Dragon, and I was a bar Ooh, back and a hell bouncer. Yeah. I bet you had a great summer. I bet you had an awesome summer. Four dudes, four dudes in a one bedroom, a block from the beach, just living life and drinking 360 energy drinks. The alumni. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I didn't know you had a story, but go ahead. No, I was just going to say that Marshall Falk was there one day. And I, yeah, I don't know how to talk to all these people. <laughs> and, and I'm talking about a play in the Super Bowl in which Indianapolis beat the, the Bears. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, look at this. He, he beat through the cover two. And Marshall Falk was like, how the fuck do you know what cover two is? <laughs> and we started talking. And you know that part of the conversation where you're like, this is going good, but there's a like a quiet spot. And I remember for some reason, I just out of nowhere was like, Remember that time Jim Moore was like, playoffs? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, I got stories about him. Oh, and, he, and I was like, God bless Jim Moore. Yeah. Thank you, man. He kept your he kept your conversation going. It was great. Saved my life. <sighs> All right. My number two, you did. Oh, this name, is your number one. Or my number one. I'm sorry. Yeah, number one. I'm having a stroke because we turned our AC off. Anyways, um, my number one, I had to reshift it, but you we've mentioned Marshawn, but the classic. I'm here because I don't want to get fined. I just, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it started a whole it. new genre because I was also, I, I, I wanted to include Westbrook and Westbrook has done this several times where you just repeat the thing and just show up and you say, oh, I think Westbrook's was execute. Like uh, we executed, like that was his, his sort of Marshawn thing. But it, I went back and rewatched the Marshawn thing. And it's so funny because you know what? You've been at Super Bowl Media Day, and it's all types of reporters. It's, you know, very serious. You know, they cover everything. But then you get, like, kid reporters, and they're asking questions. And so a kid just very earnestly asks a nice question, and he just, he kind of just, like, salutes him and then gives him, I'm just here because I don't want to get fined. And it's just beautiful. Because he's trying to say to the kid, I can't answer you because yes. that's, like, not what I'm doing, but I like you. Yeah. But I don't like any of the rest of you. It would have been funny if, like, he did answer that kid's question and all the news stations hired children to be the reporters <laughs> for the next They're like, wait. I mean, we, yeah, we, we've that's seen his, that. That's his kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, like... We you, get little kid bombs on you, tweet on Twitter. You also, like, see... Baby won't. <laughs> you see that, like, everyone has a boss because it's like, you know there were people at that press conference that are like, I don't want to ask him a question. He's already said he's not going to answer them, but that we yeah. can ask them. But you know their boss was like, well, why would... Why didn't you ask a question? So they all were like, um, what are you most nervous about? Like, just had to go through the motions, even though there wasn't a chance in hell. He was gonna- I remember there was one where it was the, the press conference before the Super Bowl, and he didn't even go and sit at his podium. And the only person that had the guts to go up was like Deion Sanders, and he went <laughs> up next to him. And that's that's when... But it's always been like, protect your mental, protect your chickens, like... Mm-hmm. He's just the top guy of all time. Yeah. Legendary. Right, so you're leaving star. me now. Yep. You're number one. Bring us home. Is it weird that I think Marshawn Lynch is a better actor in Westworld than Lena Waithe? Um, I, <laughs> having seen, having not seen that season, I can 100% guarantee that you are correct. I, I just, I, they both threw their lines. I said, Marshawn hit it tighter. Yeah. Listen, we're also it. in that industry left go. So be careful. We can't be talking shit. Uh, listen, I just said... I'm not saying anything bad. <laughs> I, we think... Listen, you also... To be an athlete, you do have to be an, a bit of an actor. You know, he has to mm. fake. He has to pretend he has the ball when yeah. he doesn't. That takes some Meisner training. 
Yeah, maybe I was complimenting someone, CJ, not just breaking <laughs> down people. Okay. First, I want to give a shout out, some honorable mentions. First, I think there are three children I'd like to shout out. One, mm. Riley Curry. Yes. What an incredible yes. performance during that playoff when she said, all the way up. Yes, I'm blessed. Uh, CP3 son. Yep. Yes. Remember he gave the Blake Griffin look? Little Chris. Yep. I love Great. little Chris. And I forgot that Derek Rose's son went viral with oh, yeah. his like yeah. kind of face. Also, some other great moments. The James Harden walk away look yeah. uh, is not yeah. really a saying, but it was an action. One of the best Ricky gifts of Williams, all time, too. Of all time. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Williams had an anxiety disorder and he wore a helmet for his first press conference. And that became an image that was shared all over the place as something's wrong with him. And this was before mm-hmm. we understood how to correctly talk about right. mental health. Mm-hmm. But that was, in, that was in my head too. As a Philly guy, Jason Kelsey's Super Bowl speech yeah. yes. is just, <laughs> and I, I will tell you the truth. I'm going to make that my number one. Yeah, I wasn't okay. going to, but it just hit me. But let me give you my other ones. I'll get back to that. Also, Brian Dawkins' Hall of Fame speech, that's like my, he's my, all of my passwords, my number one. Chase Utley, when the Phillies won the World Series up in live TV, said, world champions, world fucking champions. I <laughs> and 1863, the Gettysburg Address was great. <laughs> but for me, Jason Kelsey, the Eagles win the Super Bowl. He is wearing a Mummer's Day Parade outfit. He's been crushing beers along the entire walk. And off the top of his head goes on a 10-minute, fu- like, angry-fueled rant, calling out everybody and celebrating everything. And I am there after being on the parade and taking off from work with two hand-rolled cigars <laughs> and two nice little uh, things of liquor in my pocket. And I am in such a state of nirvana. And my childhood friends are around me. And a million people that I don't have any idea who they are are lining the streets and the roads. And this man is speaking and I can feel it in my soul. <laughs> I genuinely thought this is how seriously I take sports and it's pathetic. And I know that and I don't care. That I always thought that I could achieve things, but I could never win. Because that was the mentality that I got from the Eagles. I'm not even Mm -hmm, kidding. mm -hmm. I probably need to see a therapist. But when that happened, I thought, I can do it. And so that's why that speech, I was on a few different wavelengths, but it hit me in the middle of all of them. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. The Kelsey's as just a family are... Yes. Lefko knows. He's a buddy. Travis makes beautiful speeches too, you know? I thought his was good. He, I asked him about it later. I said, like, was there pressure because Jason was so yeah. good? And he said, honestly, you it's, it's almost like you forget that you're going to do a speech because you're getting drunk on a parade. For yeah. Two hours. Yeah, yeah. And then he was like, he was like, oh, it's time for that now. But no, that was, that was Jason's though was like, yeah, oh. yeah. It, that was amazing. a performance. That was like a uh, high school play. It was, it was, yeah, it was insane. When I was at the NFL, I kept trying to pitch. I would pitch it every day and every day when they would say, please stop pitching this. We do not like this. I wanted to find the man who had eaten the poop off the ground <laughs> and see how he was doing. <laughs> Just be like, what, what'd your wife say? What'd your work say? And I wanted For me, a like I'm dive. thinking like Daily Show, how to produce that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. my first thought is you sit down and you're like really excited about this one second. And then you cut and you guys are both brushing your teeth in the bathroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, now we could have made it fun. I am very shocked that none of us chose the decision. Obviously, it's like yeah. looked back upon as, as a, a misstep. I hate the decision. He almost called that it. upon himself. And obviously we're in a room where there's so many LeBron stuff and he regrets it. So, yeah. but I thought it was amazing. I thought LeBron using his free agent decision to raise a million dollars for the boys and girls, and it was not his idea. It was Jim Gray's idea. Oh, really? And Jim Gray? Yes. This is what Jim Gray does. He's the one that pitches these things. He set up the entire interview and all that. And I just want to say this, and okay. this is probably going to get me in trouble. No, I, I want <laughs> like whenever people bring up the decision, my brother brings it up all the time. I'm like, he raised so much money, and like looking back on it, he's like, it was a mistake, but it did raise so much money for a very, very worthy, great cause. Oh, I upset a fan base. Shut up, whiners. <laughs> well, like, and get then it, out of here. It, honestly, without the decision... Do something to keep him. Without the decision, like the you don't, you don't <laughs> oh have the payoff of them coming back from 3-1 to win 
the championship. Like that, the decision makes all of that into a movie. And before that, it just makes it into like a cool, nice thing. Let's let's say this. If we're talking about if the decision was a good idea, if this is a judge show on midday TV and I'm the judge, to my left is LeBron James and the president of the Boys and Girls Club Foundation <laughs> with a million dollars in their pocket. To the right are two Cleveland fans that burn their jerseys <laughs> that thought it was inappropriate for LeBron to say that. Like, who are we listening to? Yeah. We in, in we we know there's like a few you've seen the like they're now famous Cleveland fans who are giving sports reports. We have on record, we know one of them and is crazy. That's all I'll say because I never want them to find this, but... Um, I watched Jim Gray steal coffee from a Starbucks in an airport. What? And I cannot, cannot wow. handle it. And I've never shared this with anybody. <laughs> what, if I, what, what if I told you, okay, that you're in Florida and you're in the airport and you're coming back and the line of Starbucks is 45 minutes long and is down the line. And you look over, and your name is Adam Lefko, and you look over and you go, holy shit, that's Jim Gray. Yeah. And then he goes, excuse me, I, I didn't get my, my latte. And the lady goes, I didn't serve you. And in my head, I'm going, Jim Gray, you were not here. I would have noticed uh. you. <laughs> and, and then she goes, she goes, let me get the receipt. I can't remember saying this. She goes, let me get the receipt. <laughs> And he goes, he goes, no, it's from another order. I go, and why did you hold it up? That's what I said in my head. And then they were like, I'm telling you, the line was like around the corner. They're like, we'll just make it for you. And he sat there and he slurped that drink to the very <laughs> bottom. And I said, you thief, not only did you ruin LeBron's legacy, you stole a latte. Listen, you're locked under hey. Turner for a while. That's not going to get you fired. You're not going I anywhere. I love that story. I mean, Man, actually, I <laughs> and like, this is this is how trashy I am. I'm like, now I like Jim Gray more because that's a good scam. Now, you know. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I was like, now I know what to do if the lines yeah, are really long. Pick up receipts on the ground and be like, where's my latte? <laughs> All right. Well, buddy. Lefko, thank you so much for joining us. I love us. you guys. We thank love you, you too. Thank you so much. Is there anything that we can plug? Tell the people where to get yeah. at you. Uh, if you want to follow me on social, uh, I usually post shit there. So yeah. at Adam Lefko. And if you just spell my name like Method Man, so it's L-E-F-K-O-E. <laughs> That's the easiest way to remember. Um, will you tell D Wade we said hi? I will. I and will. Candace, and Candace. Right I love Candace. And Shaq. We've been watching Shaq's life. It's getting us through quarantine. It's great. There was a moment earlier in quarantine where like the, I sent something to the text chat and you're like, nah, I don't know. And like Shaq was the first one to respond Crazy. to the video message. Yeah. And it, I'm not going to lie. I, I always want to keep my head down and keep going. But there are moments where he is a human that you look over and you go, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. Well, so I appreciate you guys. I love you a lot. And I will tell them you said hi. Awesome. All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Stay safe. And that's been our episode with Adam Lefko. I had such a great time. Such a great time. I mean, Lefko is one of, he, he knows sports uh, better than most Well, and now, now that sports are halted, you, you think about, oh, just the games aren't happening. But yeah. there's all these other, like, when coverage of the NBA Finals, that's mm -hmm. seven hours, you yeah. know, like the pre-show, the post-show, all of those things that we also love, we're, we're missing out on. And it was really nice to take a trip down memory lane and, you know, hear a man yell, I'm a man. <laughs> if you don't know any any of those that we, uh, you know, you've never seen or whatever, just just go back and rewatch it. Uh, Now's the time. There's, um, there's some great YouTube videos that are just a compilation of men freaking out. <laughs> You can follow me at CJ Toledano. And I'm at Megan Gailey. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of The Greatest, and we'll see you next week. Be safe. The Greatest is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.